Welcome to Let's Not. I'm Sam. And I'm Michelle. And we're back with another episode because they come out every week. Make sure you subscribe and rate. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I you kind fi- of love, I loved it too. You finally found it. I did. <laughs> also, I'm feeling like a piece of bologna this week. Like straight up bologna? Why? Girl, like the bologna that got left in the container with the <sighs> lid popped up a little bit, not oh, even no. pressed down in the back of the corner of the fridge with like somehow dirt and crumbs got in there. Like not no. even crumbs, just dirt and sand. Why? Why is there Dog dirt hair? and sand in your, <laughs> in your refrigerator? <laughs> I don't know. I was feeling so good at life last week, but this week... I don't know. It's so sad because I was even talking to Joe in the kitchen and I was Mm -hmm. just hugging him. I was like, Joe, I feel gross. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I feel like a loser. Like, I feel like what? What's his name from the Goonies? I don't know. The chubby one? No, like I just feel like I feel slothy. I think his name is Sloth. Yeah, it's Sloth. I just just don't. I I just... (laughs) I did. I immediately thought one of the kids, not like the monster that's hidden in a cave. I wish I felt like one of the kids. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. Last week I was feeling really good. I was like, but oh, what are you feeling? I can do this life thing. What are you feeling bad about? I don't know. I just feel gross. Like, I don't know how to say it. Okay. All right. So I just wanted to share that. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. I'm sorry that you yeah, feel that way. It's all right. Oh. Although I do think those gummies that I told you guys about, um, the Ollie ones, the happy mm-hmm. ones, mm-hmm. I do like, I feel a little bit better, but oh, that's good. Yeah. It could just be like a, in your head type of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, anyways, some weeks are good. Some weeks aren't as great. I know. Joe was like, you just need to sit down look at a list of people to go see and you really need to go see someone. And I'm like, mm. I, yeah, I know that Joe, I know that. Well, I know that. And I haven't even done my taxes. Like, don't judge me. <laughs> I just like quickly looked up at the date and I was just like, oh, it's Sam. today. Right? I thought oh, it was Sam. today. It's Joe's like, no, it's, it's tomorrow. He said no. it was Monday. I think there's usually an extension to like the 18th or something like that. I don't want to be the group that does the extension. It's God not like it, Joe. it's not a full extension. It's like I think it used to always be April 18, uh April 15th, but I think in the last few years it's actually okay. April 18th now. Well, I know what I'm doing tonight then. <laughs> yeah. Is it a lot? Do you have to do a lot? This year it's gonna be a lot because it's just more forms that I have through Halloween happy. So I'm just that's why I kept putting it off. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, so after I do my taxes, I'm going to narrow down my list of people to reach out and try to get some help for my brain. There you go. There you go. You got a plan of attack. Mm -hmm. Might keep pushing it back a little, but you know, it's it's, the thought is there. That's all that matters. You know what? Once you get those taxes done, you're going to be like, well, I got rid of that. Yeah. And you might just have the gumption, the motivation to just roll into something else. And maybe you want to like take a little break, a little reward. Yeah. That sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about me. How have you been doing? Good, good. 
uh nothing too interesting yesterday I went and got a facial which was lovely that um, sounds so nice I know it was really nice Jake booked it for my birthday so that was really nice and then he came home early which was lovely because he was actually here during the daytime we walked downtown we got a beer we walked oh, nice. back made dinner you know that sounds fun the whole thing I yeah. did okay but all right. be- because of our walk, I wanted to tell you a story because every single time we walk by certain places, I'll like go to tell Jake, like, oh, did I ever tell you? And he's like, you tell me every single time we walk by here, <laughs> please stop. And mm-hmm. so since you haven't heard it and okay. I can regale you. Okay. All ears. <laughs> so there's like a church on our walk that has, have you ever seen the fences? It's all like iron or steel or whatever it is, but it has a very pointy dagger like top. Yeah, that if you're walking by and you accidentally stumble, you're dead. Yeah, it's like almost scary looking. Yeah, um, so it should be against the law. <laughs> it should be. Um, so there's a church that has one around their property, and it's maybe like four feet high. It like goes up to my tits, so it's like okay. that height. Yeah. Um, so not that bad. But every time we walk by it, I go, "Have I ever told you the story?" And Jake's like, "Yes, you have a hundred times." But so my story is. There used to be a cemetery back in my hometown that had the same exact fence, only it was like six feet high. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess it was to keep people out of the cemetery at night or whatever. See, that's more reasonable Mm -hmm. than four feet and three feet. It's like six feet. How often is someone going to fall on that and sue you? Exactly. Not Not even off, you know, never. (laughs) No, but the four feet one, it's like, I can, I can step over this. And then you take one little wrong turn and then there's just like a needle in your gooch, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Um, which, Oh, sounds horrible, but okay. So the cemetery back home had the same exact fence. Only it was six feet tall. One day on the bus ride to middle school at seven o'clock in the morning, me and my friend Mahasi were just like zoning out the window, like not paying attention to anything. And we drive mm-hmm. by the cemetery and there is an impaled deer on the no. fence. Damn. Yes. Yes. And it was, we like just started screaming, like half of the bus that was oh, on that no. side of the bus just started screaming. Cause it's like this deer definitely tried to jump over it oh. and was just straight up impaled on this fence. See, that's not right. Isn't that crazy? Wow. That's really sad. It's really sad, but also it's like the last thing a 12-year-old wants to see at seven o'clock in the morning. It's all we talked about for days. Wow. Do you think of that moment often? Like, does it get in your head and you're like, you feel sick to your stomach? I have a moment kind of like that, that deals with an animal. I have two actually, but maybe I'll just... It's sad. I think of it every Thanksgiving. Uh oh. Sometimes randomly too, like throughout the year. But wait, is it a turkey? Because then I don't care. It's not a turkey. Okay. All right. Continue then. So it was like the night before Thanksgiving. At the time, I was working at Yankee Candle, and mm-hmm. we had to go in to reset like the planogram for Black Friday. So we went before Thanksgiving because we'd be closed Thanksgiving yeah. and open. Great Black Friday. It was really late at night and I was driving home and like all the streets were really quiet and oh my gosh, no. Okay. Actually, I don't know if they, they weren't that quiet because I remember people were behind me because this is why I didn't didn't stop. Like, I just didn't know what to do in the situation. I take the ramp to get on the highway to go home. And Mm -hmm. so I'm slowly like turning onto the ramp and I see 
I don't know how, because I was driving in an SUV, like I was high up. I don't know how I saw this poor creature. So I fucking see this poor cat that got hit by a car sometime earlier, or maybe just then, I don't know. And he was still alive, Michelle. His body was just on the street and his little head was just like circling around and I'm just like turning on getting on the highway and I'm I'm like oh my god and I'm just yelling in my SUV and I'm like the poor cat and I do remember there were people behind me because I'm like do I stop like what would I do if I stop? yeah I'm like, yeah would I kill it how would I kill it like I don't know what oh to my do. god and I just was crying all the way home yeah and I was so sad because I was like meanwhile every other animal's just getting ready to have thanksgiving with their family oh. on the poor fucking cat oh. with this little head like very traumatizing yeah I, and it happened so long ago and mm-hmm. i just i've never gotten it out of my head like every thanksgiving i think of that cat oh i know that breaks my heart i know yeah there's some days if an animal that just got hit by a car catches me on the right day like i'll cry for for hours yeah it's heartbreaking it's yeah sometimes it's like oh god when it's been there for a while it doesn't feel as bad but i remember once we watched like a raccoon got get hit and Mm -hmm. i just started bawling my eyes out oh my gosh um it's rough (laughs) it is uh I'll tell the other one quickly, but it was another, it was another, uh, incident that Mm -hmm. when I was working at Yankee candle and I was driving in the morning to go open up the store. And so like the roads are fairly quiet, but some people are going to work and I was at a stoplight. And so I'm in the right lane and there is a guy in the left lane on a motorcycle So the light turns green and like, I'm slowly going and he's going and like, I'm driving a little bit. And then I'm like, oh no, there's a baby mom duck with all her little ducklings. And so I kind of press on my brakes and I like put my hand out to kind of tell the guy to slow down. Cause I don't think he saw, Uh bitch, what do you think this fucking guy did? Oh no. He and the little ducklings were following the mom across the street. Like it was a busy street. Yeah. He fucking ramps up his motorcycle and I'm like, oh no, he's not driving faster. What is happening here? He literally just goes straight through the line of the mom and the ducks, runs over the mom. (gasps) All the little ducks are just going everywhere. They scatter because they're freaking out. So what do I do? Oh, okay. You're going to run over these ducks. Uh You think your life is more important. You think your time is more important than these ducks that everyone is stopping for. So I swing around the whole accident and I follow this guy (gasps) and I like tailgate him. Is that what it's called when I'm Uh behind him? Yeah. And I'm driving so fast. I like put my hand on my horn and I do not let up. I have my window down and I'm like, you're a duck murderer. You fucking kill those ducks. You're fucking trash. Like I was so upset. I could have gotten in a car wreck. Like I was so shaken up. And he just looks at me and he's like, what about it? And I'm just shocked because I'm like, what about it? So I follow him and I remember I was late to work. I was late to opening up the store. I think I had like a talking to and I'm like, Uh oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to kill a guy who killed these ducks. Like, yeah, I'm doing important work Mm -hmm. out here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was really traumatic too. And I always think of that. What a piece of shit. God. Piece of shit. 
for real it's like those baby ducks don't like have a chance now anything. like no just like you only had to wait probably 45 seconds mm-hmm. I will be completely late and wait 15 minutes in the road to let girl whatever I will get crossing. out direct traffic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like come on yeah it's awful like honestly you do not slow down and in Kansas there um we had a turnpike which I think you guys have turnpikes here but I feel like Mm -hmm. they're a little different um but there's always deer crossing and just so many deer get hit on these turnpikes Mm -hmm. and I would always tell people like oh I'm definitely like dodging and driving into the ditch I'm not gonna hit a deer yeah everyone's like you will literally kill yourself like you have to hit the deer like Mm -hmm. you'll die if you don't and I'm just like I don't want to do that you might also die if you hit the deer if like your car is small enough and it like catapults is so strong from what I hear but I just wish that people would slow down. I wish we had little bridges for the little animals to go Uh, over. That was only animal friendly. Yeah. I hate people. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I, I think a lot of people hate humans more than animals, but, um, that's just because humans a lot of times suck. Mm -hmm. Uh, have you ever seen that bridge that they made over a freeway? I forget where it is, but it's like for all the animals and they put cameras there and you see like beer, like bear. How do you say beer? Beers? Bears. 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 You see bears crossing. (laughs) I was like, oh, bearded dragon. (laughs) (laughs) I can never. I always fuck up beer and bear. I always do that. Yes. A hundred percent. Good. All of those like deer, dare, like I always fuck them up. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's super cute. Yeah, it's sweet. I have always loved seeing like the little photo that gets shared. Um, also another thing that always, ha- <laughs> let's get off the dead animal topic, yeah. I guess for a minute, uh, just for a minute though, we'll get right back <laughs> to going it. going back. No. Um, also, oh, yeah, I on- guess we are, huh? <laughs> oh, we kind of are. <laughs> I thought you did that on purpose. No, I no, like, no. Oh. I, like, I didn't mean clever. it. Um, I wish I was that clever, but also I guess I'll just say it. Our kind of our main topic later is going to be about the documentary Bad Vegan that got released on Netflix. Um, we just wanted to talk about it kind of casually, but we'll get there <laughs> first. Another thing that happens on our walks is so remember at the start of the pandemic when <clears throat> everyone was so butthurt about the seniors not getting a graduation, all this stuff. And so oh, a yeah. lot of a lot of different towns did a bunch of different things to commemorate them. Um, you know, there was like pole banners and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, but in our town, what happened is they put lawn signs on people's lawns of like the graduating senior of that house with like a picture of the senior and like their activities, like what college they might be going to and just congratulations or whatever. So there's a house down the road that had one of these and his name's Jamie. And so to this day, every single time we pass by this house, we're just like, Jamie, come out, like come (laughs) hang out, bro. And so (laughs) Jamie home. (laughs) And it's like, why would you do that? Because now I just like know the child that's in this house. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. I was like, my murder mind was just thinking Mm -hmm. like, oh, you're just advertising what child's in your home that someone can come and murder or kidnap. I know. I know. (laughs) And then, so back then it's like, we also know knew Jamie's bedroom because we would see (gasps) him like in his bedroom window and we would be like Jamie come out dude (laughs) but 
but we would just whisper to, to each other and like now we still do it and Jake will be like he'll like act like he's the parents and he'll be like stop fucking talking about my kid he went to college he doesn't live here he doesn't live here he's fucking college right now <laughs> oh my god that's too funny man that feels like forever ago seeing I know all the the creative ways people celebrated a graduation <laughs> oh my god yeah or the the honk birthdays and honk showers drive-by baby showers yep yeah oh my god that was only like two years ago yeah it feels like longer than that mm-hmm. I personally don't even like obviously I'm not going to take away from these people missing their graduation but yeah yeah yeah. me personally like I I didn't want to go to my graduation like why did I have to go yeah I know I, I mean know. I, th- I think it's more like your parents your family they want to see yes you. I don't think that the seniors actually cared about graduation. I think they cared more so like this is the summer before I go to college and this is the last time I'll be hanging out with like these friends for a while. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was robbed. Like my summer before I went to college was like the funnest summer of my life. One of them. Oh my God. That was like such a, it was also a good summer for me. I think of that summer all the time. Like after I graduated. Yeah. It was so much fun. I feel like your parents are probably like, you know what, you're going to be out of this house doing whatever you want soon anyway. So I guess you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was super fun. Also, I want to add in, although it was a fun summer, it was uh-huh. also a scary summer. Cause that was when BTK came back out. So if you oh missed that episode, God. it was last week's episode. So here I am swimming at the pool in my bikini thinking, uh-huh. BTK going to get me. <laughs> I know. (laughs) Oh my God. That's fucked. I actually saw like an old graduation picture that I, someone took at the time with like my friends. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if they were my friends, but, uh, it popped up on on memories. And I was just wondering, cause I'm on like the edge and Mm -hmm. I was like, I wonder how, cause I feel like some of the people still talk, Mm -hmm. which is weird, but okay. (laughs) No, it's not. But um, I'm like, I wonder how many people have like cropped my face out of this photo. It would be a perfect cropping. Oh, I I'll love the way your you. I love the way your brain works. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sick. <sighs> Wait, but real quick, yeah. I want to go back to your talk about the facial. So I'm thinking oh, yeah. about because I want to start getting facials because mm-hmm. I feel like it's so important to like invest in your skin, and I rather do that than buy all these fucking skin products that I don't know if it's going to work or not. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I'm thinking about getting my brows doing like the brow lamination. Oh yeah. I'm going to try it. I think that would be good for your brows. I think so too. Cause they're pretty like thick and yep. bushy, which I love, mm-hmm. but they're very like the, the course of them is like kind of curly like yeah lay as much as I want it to yeah um but I think I'm gonna try it and I was gonna try it with uh Amanda's sister Rachel oh cool yeah do you ever fill in your eyebrows or is that just what they are yeah I do fill them in okay um usually like at the fronts but yeah I I like them to be like fucking thick (laughs) thick I think they're gonna look sick I think that I would hope be so yeah. like, I just want it to look like I don't even have to do anything. Yeah. And they just look like nice and brushed and combed. Yeah. Like I don't want it to look like it's a blue stick layer over the top. Yep. Nothing crazy. 
No, I but think man, that would be awesome. She'll post like all these before and after photos. And I'm uh-huh. like, literally take my money. Like I want facials. Mm-hmm. I want massages. I want eyelash perms. Oh, eyelash perm. Yeah, girl. You haven't seen her before and afters. It's kind of, yeah, it's like a perm. I mean, that's what the brow thing is. It's like, okay. Okay. Essentially it's just a the hair call. Perm. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, not the solution. So don't buy box perm and try it on your eyelashes <laughs> or eyebrows. It's totally different stuff. Yep. Okay. Just the idea. Like, yeah, like it's crazy because they do like the, I forget, I think it's a lash perm, mm-hmm. but um, the before photos, like the lashes, you can't even see them because they normally just go straight out. Yep. But once she perms them, it looks like baby lash extensions. Like, Ooh. I'm like, oh my gosh, it makes such a difference. I've just noticed them. I feel like my eyelashes are actually drooping. So they're like same straight and like, they're almost going down. Like I actually mm-hmm. bought an eyelash curler recently because I haven't used one in years, but it's like my eyelashes just go straight. Like they don't exactly, curl yeah. up anymore. Like what is happening? And when they go straight, like they kind of just disappear. Like yeah, you can't yeah. see them because you don't see the color of the hair over the no. eyelid. You should and look at the pictures. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, they look so good. Yeah. All right. I like that idea because I've done the eyelash extensions a few times, Mm -hmm. but I think they look a little bit too, I I think they're just like a little bit too much. And I got like the most natural set and it was still like a lot for me. Really? Yeah. I, I miss getting lash extensions, but Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like it breaks down your natural lash. And then when you're, you know, it's like when you get your nails done, when you're, the stuff is off, you're down to the basics and it's like, oh my God, this looks so like nothing's there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I always think about getting lash extensions. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I wouldn't have to do my makeup, but then I'm like, I would have to do it all the time. And yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's definitely like just an additional upkeep. And I feel like when I got mine done, it was like almost like $150 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of yeah, an expense. I- it is. I know like when they first do them, it's more expensive, but if you keep up on the refills, but it's like, yeah, who does, who does that? Maybe some people do. Some people probably do. Yeah. Then I get, I don't know. Sometimes I get too frugal about that stuff. Cause also I used to always like do a beauty mark right under my eye. Mm -hmm. And then one of my friends was going to go do her brows. Um, what is that called? Microblading. Yeah. And she had asked, she's like, cause she wanted me to go with her. And she's like, I was thinking you get your beauty mark permanent. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, I would actually be interested in that but it was like $250 or something like that. And I was like, Mm. you know what? I'll just take the legitimate one second to just dot it on rather than pay that. Um, I know. So it is hard. I I get like that too. It's like, I want a dermaplane. Is that Mm -hmm. what's called my face? But I'm like, I'll just fucking wax it or shave it myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, but I, it's like, I, I go back and forth. Cause I'm like, I want to take advantage of what I can do now while mm-hmm. I'm younger. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I know like if I'm in my sixties, I'll be like, Sam, you definitely should have splurged a little bit more with like, okay. Not on yeah. your looks, but like feeling good, you know, yep. Yep. not that looks is related to feeling good, but for some people it is, you know? I mean, who doesn't? I mean, I do. Yeah. I, I mean, feel- I got, I got my lip lift scheduled for next week so no do you oh I was like do you lift lift no Michelle <laughs> no I'm trying to pay down my school loan and then I'm gonna, okay like, I'm gonna try to save and then all the plastic surgery, surgery begins yep <laughs> nice I love it okay so like a lot of people in America me and Sam have finally watched 
the documentary series Bad Vegan. It aired on Netflix. Rough summary about it. It's about a woman who is pretty much the queen of raw food in New York. She starts a restaurant and a shop, like a retail store. She appears super successful and she gets conned by a man and it's pretty much her downfall. So sad. I know. She has done things that aren't right throughout it, but I feel like she genuinely seems like a good person. And I feel like if she hadn't crossed paths with this individual, mm-hmm. what could she have become? That yeah. sucks. Yeah, it does suck. It was definitely interesting seeing like how she started. So she was like a food blogger, vegan food blogger. Mm-hmm. Um, she just had like such a light about her and she was like hungry to grow her business. Like I loved seeing that side of it and just everyone loved her. And she was just yeah. so nice to like her friends, her family, the people that worked for her, mm-hmm. even strangers on the oh. street that she would see every day. Like, oh, that just warmed my heart. Like how I they know became friends and she helped them out. And was his name Anthony too? I don't remember. It's been a little bit since I've seen it, but he was really nice. She befriends like a homeless man um, because she just walks her dog by him all the time. And he mentions in the documentary where he's like, oh, I just stare at everybody like directly in the eye so that they like notice me or whatever. And they just became friends and he would sometimes come by her restaurant and they would have lunch together. And then also during the winter, she would store all of his heavier clothes for him so that he didn't Mm -hmm. have to lug it around. I was like, That is heartwarming because, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, why wouldn't she just let them live with her? It's like, you're not going to let a random person like live with you, but you want to try to help if you can. Yeah, those gestures are, it's a lot more than a lot of people do. So Mm -hmm. I just thought that was so nice. And he was definitely like, so ride or die for her. Yeah. Uh, He was, I think he was in love with her, but it's okay. You think? I kind of was like, I kind of took it as like he cherished her as if even though I'm not sure what the age difference was but like Mm -hmm. he cherished her like a daughter yes yeah yeah I guess there's been in love with her too I don't think he loved her in like a sexual or romantic way but I think what you're saying it's like he loved her like a family member yeah so that was really nice Mm -hmm. but there's so much about this documentary and it's wild I know I watched I no I didn't watch I listened to a podcast episode after the fact just because I did think the documentary was very much uh put her in a very good light Mm -hmm. and so I was kind of wondering if that's actually what was happening or if there was another side because she also like narrates most of it herself tells her own story so you know she might not be the most reliable narrator because obviously she would want to put herself in a better light Um, but I feel like it really glosses over it. You know, the first chef that she started the restaurant with Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. He was so much worse than what the documentary like said. He was. Yeah. Like they mentioned that he, you know, wasn't good with money and, you know, she had the $2 million in debt when she gets the business from him and stuff like that. But in the podcast I listened to, it's like he had opened several restaurants used all the payroll for his own expenses like it went into bankruptcy he had like liens all over the place he owned he owed the IRS like millions of dollars it was like crazy I was like this guy sucks (laughs) whoa I did not know all of that I know I feel like insane I feel like the documentary just kind of 
they mention that he wasn't a great dude, but they don't really go into it. Like, do you think they're still friends? No, I don't think so. No. Hmm. I can't imagine because also in the doc, you find out that they pretty much start this restaurant together. They have a big restaurant investor, this guy named Jeffrey. And when they finally break up, because they start dating, of course, uh, they pretty much give him an ultimatum, like, who are you going to choose to keep this going? And he chooses Sarma. Yeah. And so the other guy kind of gets released from it. But also it's like, okay, so that guy just got released from $2 million in debt and it just transfers over to Sarma. So now mm-hmm. she's carrying $2 million of debt for this restaurant. $2 million in I debt? Know. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. No. Which is like why everything else happens is because she wants to pay off this debt. Yeah. I I did like how it in- interviewed like all of the people that worked for her so it wasn't everyone that was kind of like Mm -hmm. kissing up to her but she was just really like one in her own lane like she started making all the vegan food Mm -hmm. more like trendy and popular and I don't know what the footage when they're following her around like from the beginning when she started do you know what that's from like I feel like I'm like how do they have all that footage of her Yeah. So I think she was in a documentary, not a documentary, but some kind of an interview back when the restaurant was popular back in the early 2000s. How do you say that? Like 2010-ish. Because in the podcast, they use a lot of the audio from that, even though in the documentary, they just kind of use a lot of the pickup shots. Oh, I'll have to listen to that then. Yeah. It's actually this podcast. I've heard of it before, but it's called Swindled. And it's good. I think you would like it. It's presented a lot like Sword and Scale or Case File, where it's just a man just reading a story with all the facts and stuff. Um, it's just straight, straight facts. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with this restaurant, like all of the celebrities would come. A list uh-huh. people. Oh my God. Well, how did you feel about like her, the whole Alec Baldwin? It's like, because someone tried to hook them up but she wasn't interested at the time and then he ends up meeting his wife Mm -hmm. his now wife what's her name uh spanish-born hilaria hilaria wow that is so it's like all the scam people just intertwine with each other i (laughs) know um but yeah so he starts dating his now wife and then Mm -hmm. she's like oh was he the one that got away Yeah, Yeah, I feel like she kind of settles for so Alec introduces her to a friend. Was he really his friend, though? No, not even know him at all. Or he knew him. No, just a Twitter. Yeah, they just talked a lot on Twitter. Yeah, which this uh, this documentary really places itself because not only is it at the beginning of Twitter where Alec Baldwin is uh, consistently interacting with like a random person all the time. But she also, Sarma and this man who is, ends up being a man named Shane Fox actually really start talking on words with friends, which is just like, oh my God, this is so 2012. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think he was, he was kind of like a popular Twitter person. Like a lot of his things got reposted on magazines and stuff like that. And he had this back and forth going with Alec. But, you know, Alec had never met him or anything like that. But Sarma thought he was interesting and funny. And they just, they talked for a long time before they actually met. So then they finally start dating. Uh-huh. And fucking everything goes to fire and flames. Oh, it goes so bad so quickly. Um, 
the other thing, okay, so the whole thing that's really crazy about this is that Shane ends up convincing her that he's kind of like this God slash human that's been reincarnated a bunch of times and he's been searching for her for thousands of years and that her dog, who is like a big character in this whole thing, his name's Leon, um, was actually his pet in one of his past lives and that he is almost at the point where like he knows how to make people immortal and he's going to make her immortal and the dog immortal. And uh, I think that's where it loses a lot of people. with Mm -hmm. like okay well how are you this dumb um yeah but what also was in the podcast more so than the documentary is that she was very much into like magical thinking she believed in fate she believed in signs you know she was super into like crystals and all that stuff I mean she was like a vegan raw food person so she was Mm -hmm. definitely like a new age hippie you know what I mean I mean I believe in magic I believe in crystals all that stuff but and I love my dog and if you Mm -hmm. could tell me that you could have them live forever I'm gonna be like no I know (laughs) I was gonna ask you because she's like so her and her dog they even say in the documentary they're like I think the dog was actually the biggest love of her life yeah I was like oh this sounds like Sam yeah there's no way I mean she seems so smart Mm -hmm. she seems like she knows so many types of people that because it's like we kind of I think we go back and forth we're like how does someone get scammed like is it just because is it because I immediately go to like the negative side and just think everything is bad like how where do the rose colored glasses come from like I know I think it's always like a very slow buildup. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with these documentaries, like we immediately think like he think he tells you he's gonna make your dog immortal, like how are you that dumb? But yeah, it didn't it wasn't it just didn't start right that there. way. Right. Yeah. Um, and because this guy's a piece of shit, he also had tapped into her email and stuff like that, saying, Okay, so also on top of him being like this god human, he's also part of like black ops missions and stuff like that, which that would Anytime, and this is like a lot of these scammers where they always say that they're like part of like some secret agency or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I'm always just like, that is your first red flag because anybody that's actually involved in something like that has a complete cover story. Mm -hmm. Like they would never just say to somebody they started dating, like, I'm a secret agent. They would be like, I'm a dentist or whatever. Like, that's a great point, Michelle. They never, nobody that's actually in that field just straight up is like, I'm a black ops agent. Yeah. And maybe they'll tell you like when the relationship becomes serious, but not no first date dinner night combo. No. And he like told people that worked at the restaurant too. So it's just like, come on. Yeah. And also (laughs) I'm sorry. And this is going to maybe offend somebody, but the way this man talks with his Boston accent and everything and he talks so shittily. He, I mean, we swear all the time, but the word fucking is every other like word with him. I would be like, there's no way that this piece of shit with this accent that literally doesn't have a vocabulary is like this ethereal being that's been able to time travel and been reincarnated and also is in like the black ops and stuff. It's like, this mm-hmm. guy is a, sounds like a fucking idiot. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, there's like those 
culty leaders that like oh my god sounds like godlike and they like have this but not this guy no <laughs> I and it's they have all of the calls well and mm-hmm. Joe was even like how does she have all of these early calls like yeah. she just decided to record him I think I yeah because I feel like most of these calls were already when she had given him so much money yeah that's true so yeah, like, so with all of this stuff that he's promising Sarma, he's like, I'm going to need you to show me how really, how much I can trust you, how invested mm-hmm. you are in this, how bad you want it, how bad you want your dog to be reincarnated. So I'm going to need you to send me hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. Like it was mm-hmm. just always some amount that he wanted more and more and more. Yeah. And that also seems sketchy too, but I I don't think, I think they mentioned the documentary, but at first, you know, she would give him 10 grand Mm -hmm. and then he would give her back like 15. So that's like how the scam starts where it's like, oh, it's safe to give him money because he gives it back to me with extra. So, and she has this $2 million debt like looming over her. And he says that he will give her I think in one of their exchanges, he's like, once you're immortal or in the family, um, you'll get a hundred K a month forever, ever. So, I mean, it's just like a constant, it's a constant scam. Yeah. And it's so sad. I might be jumping ahead, but Mm -hmm. it really made me so sad, Michelle, when She's in the hotel and this was like when he has ran her down to the fucking bone and beyond, like literally nothing. And she's just laying there in bed, lifeless, depressed, like she hasn't been eating. She doesn't talk to her family anymore. I'm jumping way ahead. Mm -hmm. Employees are like have turned against her because she doesn't have the money to pay them anymore. Mm -hmm. The restaurant has been closed. It's just a lot of stuff. But he fucking says like, Sarma, I know you're not feeling good. I know you're feeling a certain way, but I need you to get up and I need you to go to the bank so you can give me this money. And it's just like, she would just lay there. She she didn't even have the energy to fight or argue back or talk. And he's yeah. like, Sarma, I know, honey, but I'm going to need you to go to the bank. Like mm-hmm. it was just so gross. He's so gross. He's so gross. And the way he would talk to her oh, would I like know. in the text and stuff would be like, listen, this is how you think about it. Or he would say, if I tell you to fucking do something, you fucking do it. And I was just like, if anybody ever I talked know. to me that way, I would lose I my know, shit. Yeah. Same here. But it's like, like you said, you know, he's been spinning his web mm-hmm. around her for quite some time yeah. so she doesn't see that it's abusive you know no and okay so going back um in the beginning you know so she believes he's in the black ops and stuff he tells her that his associate's going to be reaching out because they need to like oh, encrypt yeah. all of her social media and her email and stuff and so of course he hacks into her email and this is part of him scamming her and like gaslighting her where it's like he was continuously reading her email and then he would bring things up to her that she hadn't actually told him. So then she did believe that he was like this all seeing presence or that he had uh, ways to know where she was at all times and stuff like that. But he was just hacking her. 
and so gross. yeah and of course the associate William whatever the fuck isn't a real person it's just him not a real person you guys so literally we're introduced to William he mm-hmm. sits down even the little title tag yeah. on the screen says William blah blah and he even says my name's William I also work in the black ops with whatever the fuck his name is at the time yeah and then you know he reads all the emails because we're thinking it's him that is talking to Uh Sarma for the the boyfriend what's his name uh Anthony Shane yeah yeah we think that he's talking to Sarma for Shane yep and then all of a sudden when you're watching this he just poofs and you realize that it was Shane like there was no William this whole time and it's like what the fuck yeah which I love that they did that because like around episode yeah around episode three is when he just disappears from the chair or whatever because if they were only showing us the email interactions I would immediately be like this is Shane this is not an actual different person um immediately yeah yeah so it's like they actually have like an actor reading it back and forth and you think Mm -hmm. like oh wow like you're a part of this too not that I was just like oh they're actually both in black ops together just like no I was like yeah "Yeah, he probably just hired you to pretend like there's something weird about this guy hired maybe it's like a cousin or something because also Shane's father is a piece of shit and half of the reason Sarma thought what he was saying is true is because his father corroborated it oh I don't remember that yeah they go and pick her up from her mom's house in New Hampshire they go to pick her up to like drive her back to New York and his dad is in the car and he's just like he corroborates everything that he says but he's also a piece of shit gambler that also just I think is yeah, he's scam. gambling, gambling all this money that he's getting from yeah. poor Sarma. I know. Yeah. So that's where, so over the course of this time that they're together, she gives him $1.7 million. And you know what we're thinking throughout the whole thing. It's like, well, we're, what is he even fucking spending this money on? This man is just going to Foxwood and Mohegan Sun and he is a fucking gambler and he mm-hmm. just gambles all the money away. Also another thing that I was just like the nerve so of course he reaches out to Sarma's mom because they're trying to get a hold of her and so she's not she doesn't know that they're trying to talk to her and I think he also kind of leverages that like Mm -hmm. he's like oh Sarma is not mentally well like you need to give me money so I can get Sarma the help that she needs because she's not letting me in the bank accounts and Mm -hmm. I have to take control of her restaurant like he just slithers his way. Like he's going to all of the work meetings, like literally mm-hmm. just like he's controlling everything. Ugh, and Sarma's just hidden away in a little box somewhere. Yeah. And his Sarma's poor mom gives him mm-hmm. all of this money. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's like 400 K just in increments of like 10,000 here, 20,000 mm-hmm. there. And he would also just always be like, Ugh. He'd be like, I thought you loved me. Mm-hmm. I thought that this is what you wanted. And now you're telling me yeah. you don't. Now you're acting like this. Uh-huh. I thought this was true love. I thought yeah. we were the ones to be together. Like just Ugh. so manipulative. Yeah. He would always be like, you said you wanted fucking happily ever after. Uh. <laughs> That's what he kept calling it. And then also yeah. in the beginning, right from the beginning goes, you think I'm a fucking joker? And I'm just like, I already cannot stand you and do not believe anything that comes out of your mouth. I know. Um, Sometimes though, she would fight back. Like you could still hear that she had a little fight in her and she'd be like, I fucking gave you the money. What Mm -hmm. more do you fucking want? Like why, you know, just kind of calling him out. But 
oh my god she's yeah. going along with it no there was this great point where when he's like when I fucking tell you to do something you do it and she goes no 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 that's not how this is gonna work I already gave you 100k I need that money back and he's like pound this into your fucking head mm-hmm. I'm the one that's gonna get gutted not you and in my head I'm just like perfect yeah have them kill you now have you're out of happen. my life yep. please let that happen like I'm not giving you another 10k so that whoever your brother is what he keeps calling him like this other god human person will kill you it's like I would feel maybe bad if you're like they're gonna kill you then maybe I'd give them money but if they're like they're gonna kill Shane it's like good fucking riddance yeah maybe this will end I know but of course she just gives him more money <laughs> I know it's like it's like, I feel like she, it's just like when you get in the hole and then mm. like you're, you're embarrassed to tell like your friends and yes. family, you think, you know, it's like, she probably felt so lonely, not thinking yeah. that anyone, even though everyone cared, but she's probably like, it's my own problem. Like it's my own fault that I got into this. So let me keep trying to yeah. figure it out yep. and keep going into fucking debt. And I did, can't tell if in the documentary, she was aware of him gambling. Mm-hmm. But did they mention if like she knew he was gambling? I'm not sure because when you said that, I remember that he kind of went to all the casinos, but I thought it was just because he was trying to live like um, a high roll, high roller, not necessarily gambling. I don't remember the gambling part. So I don't know if she knew that. No, I mean, he 100% had a gambling addiction. Like everybody knew him there by like name and stuff. And that's where he wasted all the money. Um, But so I'm not sure if she knew about that. But I just kind of think she kept thinking like, well, this next time, like it's going to happen. I'm going to have this money back. Like I'm going to fix it before anybody knows anything's broken kind of a thing. Yeah. It's like, well, I've already invested all of this, Mm -hmm. given up everything. So let me just do it a little bit more and hopefully. Yeah. And it's also that thing where I feel like we've talked about it in our own lives where it's like, Sometimes you're scared to take that step back and actually analyze it because if you realize that you need to switch something, that means that all this other time was like you were doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, well, I don't want to actually realize that this has been a whole charade and this is wrong. Like, let me just put my head in the sand and just keep trucking forward. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. And sometimes you do have to take that step back and be like, let me just reanalyze the situation. Mm -hmm. I would just want to go hide my head in sand. Well, I mean, it seems like she did do that where it's like, once it started getting really bad and they couldn't do payroll, She was just in Europe. Like he sent her to Europe to do like some other fucking stupid thing to become immortal. And (laughs) she was just avoiding everybody, you know, because it's like she didn't have the answers. I know. You think Sarma does her taxes before tax day? I think that Sarma probably still owes a lot of money to uh, (laughs) the IRS. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so remind me, like, how, do, how does this end? Like, what happens? Oh, my God. So what happens is, so they go on the run because all of her employees file a class action lawsuit against her. The IRS is looking for her. All of her investors are looking for her. Everybody wants their money. Um, and so now she's legally responsible for it. And she has a warrant out for arrest. And so they go on the run. 
They end up over by like Dollywood and they're there for a few months. So he ends up ordering a Domino's pizza and wings to the hotel under his actual name. And so the police figure out where they are and they get arrested. Domino's pizza. I know. And so that became like the biggest headline from this, like Uh vegan queen taken down by pizza, like and they all kept like acting like, oh, she's been like faking this whole time. She's been eating Domino's this whole time. It's like, no, that was obviously for him. Like yeah. she wasn't eating that. Oh um, my God. But that's all they kept harping on. It's like, okay, can we just wade through the catchy headline and just mm-hmm. realize that all these people have been scammed? She's been scammed, but also she's fucking around with everybody else's livelihoods. It's not like her own money that she's being scammed out of. She's yeah. scammed investors to get that money. She's not paid her employees for months on end to get that money. Like that's where I'm sorry, Sarma, but you got to take responsibility yeah, for that. Too. Definitely. Because at the end of the day, so she starts with the $2 million debt that she could have easily paid down over the years the restaurant was being successful her investor jeffrey seemed to actually like really like her yeah he was kind of like a father type too i feel like and i feel like he was really working with her and he really did have a lot of uh what's the word oh my god trust confidence belief confidence belief yeah he like really believed in her and thought like this is amazing like you're really doing what you need to do Every time she would be late, he's like, you know, if she gave me a good enough excuse, I just let her go with it. So she could have actually eventually paid off that debt. Instead, now she's in $6 million of debt. Jeez. And she's like burned every bridge that she's ever come across. So too much. It's too much. But yeah, so she got suckered into it. And then Mm -hmm. the thing about all of these scamming documentaries, which I cannot even believe is like they get almost zero jail time and they don't actually have to repay anybody back so it's like well you're not really discouraging anybody else from scamming because you get caught maybe a documentary gets made out of you and you don't have to pay anybody back you don't have any like nobody knows unless they google you It, it makes no sense to me I mean I guess like people are going to google them who would potentially mm-hmm. invest in whatever business they're trying to do i hope so yeah like, you know but yeah it's like you can you get so much you get jail time for the stupidest things but you're literally scamming people stealing mm-hmm. from them yeah do you know how and many nothing. people are still in jail for like weed related crimes yeah. for years and they're still there even though it's decriminalized it makes fucking zero sense and these people mm-hmm. that have straight up ruined lives get like a month if that and then they're out and you just gotta hope that nobody's stupid enough to fall for them again which newsflash there's a hundreds of millions of fucking dumbass people out there so I know that's not gonna happen (sighs) okay so with the ending And like they show it down the road where she fucking calls him. Mm-hmm. What did you? Okay. So I don't even remember the call. It was, I feel like she's kind of asking how he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's asking how she's doing. And it's just very friendly, kind of flirtatious. Like, yeah. There's literally no grudge that she is holding. In my opinion, maybe yeah. I, mean, I can't judge it off of this little snippet, but I am going to judge it off this snippet mm-hmm, just for mm-hmm. what it was. But I'm just like, okay, Sarma. I uh, know. 
should I feel as bad as I did for you? Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly why they put that as the very last thing you hear. It's just like this very friendly conversation that they have back and forth. But I have to assume because it also starts off with a conversation that they have the documentary um, where they're going back and forth and she's asking him, like, are you aware that they're about to do a documentary? And he's like, don't fucking talk to nobody. Like, you got to shut this down. And that's when he's like, don't don't you dare think I'm a fucking joker and all this Mm -hmm. other stuff. And then it ends with it, too. So I feel like they probably had them talk a lot and record their conversations And I'm sure a few of the times it wasn't all like daggers and stuff. So they definitely want you at the end to not really like her. So, Mm -hmm. and it could have been a snippet of Mm -hmm. like maybe the first call of Mm -hmm. where she has to like be friendly before she gets down into it too. We don't know when that call was. Yeah. But I just, I was just like. I was like, what did I just watch? (laughs) I know, I know. Because the whole documentary, for the most part, you are on her side. Mm -hmm. Um, Because even- You are, but you're like, just like you said, it's like, girl, you got to take some responsibility. Like it's, you're a grown up. You're a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. Hello. And, you know, like, I know she was all into the magical thinking and the signs and stuff. And I tend to do that in my own life too, where it's like, I do look for little signs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And she was definitely like a misfit fucking punk in high school. Yeah. And definitely thought she was like special and need to get out of town and like find her own way. Like I completely relate to high school Sarma a hundred percent. Yeah. And even when her father was talking about her, she's like, eh, she was quiet. She read a lot of books. She was different. I was like, I feel like that's how my dad would describe me in high school. And so Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, this is interesting. But And if she got scammed back then, I'd be like, wow, what a piece of shit this guy is. This is like a child pretty much that has these great visions of the world. But it's like, he got to her after college, after being a businesswoman, after living in New York, it's like, you're a woman around town. Like you need to be a bit smarter than this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I also related to Sarma because she just had so many things she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Like I loved when they got into the section of when she had started her restaurant, like, um, it gave me chills. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Like when they do the umbrella of like every, like all the umbrellas under Sarma of like businesses that she wanted to do, like Mm -hmm. different ventures, like it was going to be restaurants in different countries. Mm -hmm. And then also it was going to be like this kind of business and then this kind of product and then that. And I was just like, wow. And it's like, who like all I don't know if I'll ever get scammed I mean I fucking hope not but sometimes it's just like you know like could I achieve this or could this Mm -hmm. happen like listen no and you know what I'm gonna tell you something right now so that you don't get scammed don't pay anybody up front if you are looking for investments you don't have to give them money for them to give you money back. That is red flag number one, Sam. So if okay. anybody's like, well, if you give me 10 grand, I'll give you 50 in a month. <laughs> no, <say> no, no, <laughs> don't do it. No, that's not oh. how it works. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, and here's where my question gets answered, where I'm like all the energy for what, for what, but literally like that was his job. That was how he got the money. Like that was his job. Oh, yeah. Was scam. to scam her just yeah. so he could live his life. Mm-hmm. Just so he can gamble. He's such a piece of shit. And that's the thing that really sucks. Just like you were saying, where it's like she had 
all of these things she was going for. And also, I feel like in the documentary, they didn't really connect this as well as the podcast did, but he was telling her because she also wanted to make a documentary about raw food and the importance of it and stuff like that and how it does naturally make you live longer, not so much this immortal thing. But when he's telling her, like, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to get you all this money, you're going to be able to realize all of these dreams that you have. It's easy to get manipulated by that and be like, okay, I just have to like stay the course because then Mm -hmm. all of these other things are going to come to fruition and stuff. Where I feel like in the documentary, it doesn't really show you that side where he's promising her the actual legitimate things like it seems crazy when he's promising her to make her and the dog immortal but it doesn't seem crazy when he's starting and being like I can easily pay off that two million dollars we're gonna get you that business we're gonna get you that documentary set up and stuff like that so yeah that's a good point I mean because when we watched the Netflix documentary we're Mm -hmm. like all right Sarma like come on yeah that's crazy if you are promised all of those tangible Mm -hmm. things and like there are business things that you want to achieve and go after it's like all right let me just see where this goes and I'll kind yeah. of take it mm-hmm. day by day or whatever or maybe it's even a thing of where she thought she could have this opportunity to have something better and maybe she just put up with the shit for whatever reason and was like maybe once I get this blah blah I can go off on my own way and just never talk yeah yeah so be honest, I think that she just wanted him to pay off the $2 million so that she could have like a fresh start and she would have never talked to him again. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, he was scamming her the whole time. But very much like the Tinder swindler, it's like at first they make you seem like their luxurious lifestyle is real. Like he took her to Tiffany's and what he tried to buy like a townhouse in New York that was like $15 million. And so it makes it seem like, no, he definitely has a shit ton of money. You know, and to be honest, like you just, I had, I hadn't seen that one, but I remember you telling Mm -hmm. me about it on the podcast. And just then I started daydreaming. Like if I were to go out on a date with a rich man who did all Mm -hmm. those things for me. And like, honestly, if I'm being honest, if there was a rich man that did that and like took me out, blah, blah. And was like, Mm -hmm. Sam, I could get Halloween happy to be what you want it to be. I would, I would go for the ride and see, where does this take me? Cause I would, I would think that I could be smart enough to jump out when I need to, but Uh And Sam, that's fine. A lot of people do do that. I mean, Hilaria was able to live this new lifestyle because she married Alec Baldwin. (laughs) But if it involved other people, like I just could not live with myself. I, I wouldn't, I would never. And Sam, I would be right there being like, Sam, you're not giving him money so that he give it to you. (laughs) Oh, I wouldn't give him money. No, (laughs) there's like, yeah, there's different things. Sam doesn't have no money to give. No, exactly. You know. (laughs) So why I would be in that position in the first place. No, there's just, there was so many it's red flags. Wild. Yeah. Uh, okay. So no one got in any kind of trouble. No, he was no jail time. He was held on bail. So he was in jail the whole time before. How much was his bail? Do you remember? And it's like, why give a bail for these people who can afford it? Literally they carry that in their back pocket. Yeah, but he doesn't because he used all the money gambling, but it was uh, <laughs> 350000 Whoa. Um, so he pretty much did time served. So by the time they got to trial, I think he was, you know, he had to go to jail for four or five months and he was already in jail up to the trial for that amount of time. So then he just got, he got five years probation. 
Wow. And he also doesn't, yeah, I feel like there should be like, you know how there's like a sexual offender registry. There should be like a scammer registry. Cause that's a great idea. There needs to be something that warns people Mm -hmm. in the future. Wow. Why isn't that a thing? I don't know. I feel like people think like, well, you just look people up, but if he goes to just some little town in the middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. he can easily start scamming some ladies. Yep. And that's also the thing that we didn't even talk about. Uh, The only thing that also continues to make me think that give more, more of a pass to Sarma is that this isn't the first time he's done it. He did it to his first wife down in Florida. Oh yeah. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Cause like halfway, I think she comes in like halfway through the documentary and I was thinking like, I don't know, Sarma, like, I feel like maybe you were in on this more and I can't imagine that he said these things to you and yada, yada, yada. But the first wife literally corroborates everything. Like he did the same exact thing to her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yep, that sounds like Shane yep. or Anthony. Mm-hmm. And this motherfucker, they had a kid together and he straight up did the thing where he was just like, I'm going out for a pack of cigarettes and you never see him again. He, she was like, all right, don't forget that we're, um, running the concession stand at this football game tonight and she just never <laughs> sees this motherfucker oh, ever shot. again that so awful how yes. old was their kid a year maybe oh, i don't know my god what but, yeah. would you have done showed up at the concession stand getting a slushy and you're like oh 20 minutes and anthony's not here he's meanwhile not here. he's like he's gone on and new life just, oh. new life started an hour ago I would just love to know people that are in the military and like actually like in these secret agencies, what they think about these fucking schlubs that use this as a cover and all they do is like play Call of Duty all day. And then they're like, I'm part of Black Ops. It's like, (laughs) you're such a fucking loser. I cannot even stand it. Oh my gosh. It's something. If you haven't watched it, definitely check it out. It's definitely a a good one. There's like so many scamming documentaries out or Mm -hmm. shows that are based on scams. So there's like a lot of that out there right now, which is interesting. There is. Yeah. I won't go too much into it, but Mm -hmm. I just finished The Dropout, which is about Elizabeth Holmes. And then we also just finished Super Pumped. It's about um, the fight over Uber and it has Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's, Mm -hmm. he plays the guy who started, kind of started Uber and it was good. Like I never knew. Oh man. Yeah. There's a lot out there right now. And also this, that podcast (gasps) that I was talking about that I watched the, I listened to this episode on Mm -hmm. swindled just covers scam stories. So it is a good one. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Mm-hmm. I was going to tell you, I don't remember what specifically it was about. Like it was about a certain church, but it's a show like how we've just talked about, but it's about a church. And I'm like, why aren't there more of those? Oh. So I'm like, I can't remember what network it was on. It was like okay. a brief commercial that Joe and I saw. And I was like, what was that? And he's like, it's about a church that was scamming people and so I'm like oh this is going to open the door for mm-hmm. more of those yeah shows to come out I mean not to offend anybody but I think all churches are scams so 
Yeah, not to offend anyone. But okay, so high recommend for that. Mm -hmm. I also will recommend Tinder Swindler was great. And I think that's just one movie. So it's like just one episode, which is lovely because there's just there's too many episodic documentaries. Is it a a movie where people play the no 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 or it's It's like a a documentary? Okay. It's a documentary, but it's just not parts. Okay. Just one to the point. Yeah gets to the point and Vincing Anna was really good see I don't think I will watch that one just because I've seen and heard so much about it and yeah I've seen so many like skits and sketches of that girl's voice that I'm it's (laughs) like a joke now and I'm just like man but yeah there's my name this is my Elizabeth Holmes okay impersonation have you seen it Michelle I saw the first two episodes of the dropout all right all right all right this all right action is there anyone here who doubts me? If you doubt my company, you doubt me. Is there anyone here who doubts me? <laughs> That's really good. That's really, really good. It's actually a good impersonation. I'm just saying. Let me just tell you pretty confident how you that. feel about it. <laughs> Might feel like a slice of bologna, but when it comes to my Elizabeth Holmes yeah. impersonation, feeling good about it. Yeah. You know what? Don't even watch the show or any of the docs. Like, just know that that's the best one you're ever <laughs> going to hear. <laughs> exactly. Oh, all right. Let's not be afraid to ask questions. And if, is that what you were going to say? More or less. Go ahead, though. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know what questions to ask, reach mm-hmm. out to the most sensible person that you know mm-hmm. so like for instance I would be reaching out to Michelle <laughs> <laughs> and I would say it's Do a scam click, don't click no. the link in the text don't open mm. the email like google mm. it before you take action <laughs> oh my god google everything we are in in such a time of the world where it's like you you don't have to be scammed you can almost Google anything, anything and just double check it. Yeah. There's so many, I can't tell you how many times I'm Googling something. Anytime I get anything from my student loan mm-hmm. stuff, I'm like, is this a scam? So I like Google it and see yes. and go down like a rabbit hole. I'm like, all right, it seems legit. <laughs> oh, they actually do want that money. <laughs> oh, I do got to pay fine. No. Yeah. I was going to say something similar where it's like a lot of people did actually go to her and they're like, Hey, did you know that his Uh, he had called once and the caller ID came up his actual name, Anthony, whatever. And her employees looked it up and they saw that he had a felony and all this other stuff. And it's like, believe the people that you actually know in your life over this stranger. Yeah. Like they're looking out for you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my let's not was also going to be like, ask questions, bring it to people, you know, don't be naive about shit. Yeah. And don't ever like if you because I just feel like some people are embarrassed or they feel mm-hmm. alone. It's like no one no. think of either you're going to feel embarrassed asking mm-hmm. the question right off the bat or you're going to be really embarrassed when you aren't paying these people or mm-hmm. you ruined your life. Like mm-hmm. which level of embarrassment would you exactly to experience? Exactly. I'm going with option one. <laughs> yes. And like Michelle says, you know, nothing is ever too serious or too like Mm -mm. Mm -mm. what am I trying to say too permanent 
you can always change. You can always change. It's never too late. You can always change. You can always change your mind. Like you don't have to burn everything to the ground. No, nope. People will understand. I mean, this documentary came out and I feel like probably a lot more people are more understanding of her situation now, you know, Mm -hmm. you will get through it. Well, I have to tell you something. I've (laughs) given someone $50,000 because they wanted to invest in Let's Not. Okay. Well, give me their information and I'll talk to them. (laughs) I'll talk to them directly. (laughs) Friends, thank you so much for listening to the episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know if you've what scam projects you've checked out, scam stories. Let us know. Yeah. Have you been in any scams? I hope not, but oh, I hope it's, not. It's so no judgment here. No, nope. We've all been scammed a time or two and we love you. And actually next week is going to be our last episode of the season. Then we're going to take a little bit of a break and we'll be back with season two. Season two, which is exciting. We've been doing it for a year now. Season two mm-hmm. coming at you. <laughs> and season two is going to be all musical. So get, yeah, get ready. ready. No. <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Let's Not Podcast is part of The Dorkening, which is a network dedicated for podcasters, a group of shows helping each other to grow, share ideas, collaborate, and innovate. You can check out more at thedorkening.com. And thank you to our sponsors, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Deadly Grounds Coffee is fresh roasted here in New England by skilled master roasters in a unique way that allows the true flavor of the bean to come through. It's coffee the way it was meant to be. Fresh, bold, delicious. It's coffee to die for. Check them out at deadlygroundscoffee.com.